It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, March 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is feeling in in some kind of way about that trade deadline. I mean, it was as bad as Wonder Woman 1984. It was. Wow. Wow. Okay. We are going to dig into the moves that happened, the moves that didn't, uh, maybe talk about some stuff around the league and talk about the game against the Red Wings, uh, ostensibly without JVR, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. If you have any questions for us, we'll get to them in our weekly mailbag. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcasting platform of your choice here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Just to get a couple little housekeeping things out of the way before we dig into this uh, trade deadline (laughs) result. Uh, we did learn that Ali Lixel and Elliot Denoye were sent down to Lehigh for the duration. Uh, there was a deadline of the trade deadline to send anybody down if they were going to play in the AHL for the remainder of the season or the Calder Cup playoffs down there. They did not send Cam York down. So that means That's smart. he is, yeah. So he's staying with the Flyers for the rest of the season. And that is. Uh, what we had suggested would be the right course of action for him. All right. So this lack of a trade deadline for the Flyers, I want to start with the deals that did happen. Uh, The first one of which was a deal with the LA Kings to send them Zach McEwen for Brendan Lemieux and a 2024 fifth round pick. According to Chuck, the deal was actually just for the fifth and was essentially doing the Kings a favor by uh, taking Brendan Lemieux as part of this deal. And he shouldn't have taken him. He should have just taken the fifth. Yeah. Like, I don't, he's going to end up causing more trouble than he's worth. Yeah. That's, that's what might happen. Like, he'll take towards the system to the nth degree and, you know, it'll be like penalty, penalty, penalty. Like, I... That part I don't understand of the trade. And look, a fifth for McEwen, fine, whatever. Um, Those are the deals that should be made last minute. Mm -hmm. But there weren't any other deals that were made that should have been made before. And so, you know, Chuck could tell us he's been working the phones, working hard, doing this. You know, I'll point out some of this started at the draft last year where I think he should have included JVR in a trade then because – I asked the question why he was even rolling it, why they were rolling into the season with JVR. You know, then he did well at the beginning and everybody felt the value was going up and then he bottomed out. Yeah. And so, 
you know, then then there's no value. So it does go back to last year's draft. Again, it's it's poor planning. Like, but again, the the mindset that the team was in was, hey, we still feel like we could compete. Well, you didn't compete, and now you couldn't trade the guy either. Yeah, going back to the deals that he did make. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about Brendan Lemieux because he is a notorious troublemaker. It's not just that he takes penalties. He's a troublemaker. He gets into it. I swear to God, when I was doing a, a search for a photo of him uh, for a graphic, there was not one of him not fighting for like three pages. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I think that it, it's it could be a real problem. He has a lot of conflicts with a lot of guys and it just concerns me. Guys in this locker room. Yeah. Now, according to our colleague over at locked on Kings, they moved him to be uh, on their non roster list over in LA uh, on March 1st. Now, if it was in anticipation of a trade, that's one thing, but there wasn't any other information. So we'll see if there's anything else going on with him besides that. But uh, for now, I, I think this is a dicey ad, despite the fact that he does have some friends on the team. Friends and maybe not friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, there was that biting incident as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a, a lot to digest with that one. Then, of course, there was the other smaller deal that sent uh, Patrick Brown to the Ottawa Senators for a sixth round pick, which again, this will do a slow clap on that one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's fine. But like you said, that's the kind of last yeah. minute deal you do on, yes. on the trade deadline. So I have no. Yeah, those are your last minute deals mm-hmm. two minutes before the deadline. And, but again, and that's what he's worth. And I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. And uh, with uh, Tanner Lazinski being reactivated along with Zach McEwen, who is now traded, you know, Tanner can, if he's ready to go, can slot right back in on that fourth line where he was. And there's, you know, and now we have no more of those waiver guys (laughs) from the season. They were all uh, Sedlak left. And then the other two guys have now been traded. So there you go. It's just a memorable, memorable season, isn't (laughs) it? All right. So, yeah. And other than the Isaac Radcliffe deal, obviously from earlier for future considerations, that's it for your trade deadline. Well, I mean, so Justin Braun. No. Nick Sealer. No talk. No. Nick Sealer, I told you, wasn't getting traded. Now, was it right that I didn't think he was going to get traded because I feel like they're going to keep him and even extend him after next year? No. But I felt like that was the case. It could be the case for Braun, too, that the coach likes him and he pulled him off the table. None of this would shock me. But at the end of the day, uh, to be left with JVR, to be left with no seconds in this draft, again, the strategy they told us a year ago was they were going to be heavy into this draft. Well, Steve Eiserman's heavy into this draft. Mm-hmm. Like we can talk about it another day, but he's got two first, three seconds. Now, the Flyers have a first no seconds and like two or three thirds. But as you know, the seconds are way higher percentage than third. Once you go past the second, it, it falls off quite a bit. Right. So they're heavy into this draft in the bottom part, the guessing part of this draft, where in the first two rounds, they're not it. They're not really big players except for their one pick. So is that where you really want to be? 
what was the strategy, Rachel? Like that was that was the strategy we were told last summer, and it completely failed. Like it's a completely failed strategy now in a massively important draft that'll be important for years to come. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, you know, just listening to what Chuck Fletcher had to say today after the deadline, it, it you know, he's trying to say, yes, he's making a ton of calls, but, you know, and he wants to sell more players and there just weren't takers. And if there's no takers, there's nothing he can do, no matter how many phone calls he makes. And to me, that's, that really just harkens back to that point, Russ, that he has either kept assets from the Hextall era or added assets that nobody wants. And, right. and that is the crux of the matter here with him, right? That if he has thus far done a job that he does not have any assets that he can trade at the deadline for significant value, that to me is the whole picture. Well, it's part of the picture. Another part of the picture is you're supposed to have another GM friend, whatever that you kind of have in your back pocket that, you know, you can make a deal with, you know, he owes you a favor, whatever. Clearly Chuck doesn't have one. Yeah, it, it really, and that's bad. It really seems like it. You need a GM that other people owe favors to, because that's how you get out of predicaments like this. Yeah. I mean, they're done with the wild. I think Nashville is that to some degree, but after everything that went down, um, you know, I think Nashville might be done, especially with Barry Trotz taking over. I think if it was David right. Coyle, then um, maybe that relationship would have continued a little bit longer. But I, I don't know that there's anybody left. Right. And that's bad. It is bad. All right. There's so much more to talk about with the trade deadline. We're going to get into the details of what did and didn't happen with the no deal for JVR. And just talk about some more stuff related to what Chuck Fletcher had to say and stuff around the league. All that coming up next. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And what's even better is they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a box, four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to the Sam's Club, then run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right, Russ. So there was a potential deal on the table for JVR with the Detroit Red Wings, who we are playing on Sunday. We'll, we'll get to more about that and their trade, de trade deadline in the next segment. But um, apparently this was like the first real call that Chuck Fletcher got on JVR. And I believe it was for a fourth round pick. And uh, Chuck Fletcher said that he would 
eat half the cap. So it was 3.5 million. And Detroit said, yeah, we're interested, but we'd have to clear another player in order to do it. They couldn't do it and pulled any potential deal at 2.30 p.m. So half an hour before the deadline and there was no one else. And thus, James Van Riemsdyk is a Philadelphia Flyer today. Okay. But again, for days now, you knew they would need a third a third team. Mm-hmm. Nobody was taking JVR at three and a half. Yeah. We all knew that. So everybody knew there had to be a third team. So two, three days ago, did you call Arizona? Did you call the Sabres? Did you call teams? With, it doesn't there sound were like ta- you did. teams acting as Montreal acted as a third team in a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Did you call Montreal? Like, it doesn't seem like he called any of them for that purpose. It seemed like he was calling teams and seeing if they wanted JVR at three and a half and I'll take a contract back. But I think he did it wrong. I do. I feel like he needed to line up this 13 days ago. And I don't think he did. I think he waited till the deadline because he thought the price would be higher. He gambled. He lost. I heard, and we don't know if it's true, like he was looking maybe for two picks at one time, you know, early in the day. And maybe that's why there was no interest. He didn't talk about that. So we'll never know if that's true or not. But the point is, I think he was um, playing it wrong the whole time. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. He did say, you know, he was trying to shop him for three weeks and never had an offer otherwise, which, you know, take that with a giant, you know, tough yeah, But again, I'm going to say shop him, meaning straight deal with another club. Get the other clubs involved. There were, again, there were so many deals with other clubs. Yeah. So many deals. Yeah. And, you know, he apparently, like we said, did not get any offers on other expiring contract players. He did talk briefly about trading other guys. Uh, Gianna from the Inquirer asked about that because of Chuck's, you know, repeated statements that he wanted to get younger. So, you know, did they consider trading anybody else like a Kevin Hayes or Ivan Provorov or, or anybody to try and get younger and he said that he had conversations about some other guys with teams but ultimately didn't think it made sense right now and is going to reconsider over the summer okay so that's not for kevin hayes because again he's got three more years left at 30 years old and everybody knows he's not playing center now right so it's not for kevin hayes that would be for Provorov. but again if you're going to do that deal for ivan Provorov, that certainly will be out there especially at the draft you better make sure you have somebody to fill in as a number one defenseman. Because if you don't, you'll not only be putting yourself in the cellar just to be bad, but you'll be killing people's development, other players' development too in the process. And you can't do that. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's very perplexing. And you know, God bless Charlie O'Connor who got right to the point with Chuck Fletcher and asked him, you know, are you the right guy for this job? because it seems like you're not achieving the goals that you have stated (laughs) Um, and was pretty blunt about it. And, you know, Chuck Fletcher said, I'm not worried about my job. Whatever happens with me will happen with me. That's up to Dave Scott, but everything I do is about what's doing what's right for the Philadelphia Flyers and not taking shortcuts. And that's in part why we didn't make any more deals today. Okay. But also understand that, there's a splitting hair situation here because Chuck made it a point to say that Dave Scott is still his boss and he's still reporting to Dave Scott. That could change. Yeah. Do you think that was very pointed and mentioning Dave Scott specifically in that quote? Yes. Yeah. Because he said it the day before too. Well, two days before um, 
in his press conference pre-trade deadline. So he has mentioned Dave Scott twice now. And I think that is very pointed because, yes, I think there is loyalty there. But that loyalty can go away quickly if there's a change. Yeah, there absolutely can. It's just really interesting to me that, you know, he does emphasize this is not the first time he says, you know, he doesn't want to take any shortcuts. And but the problem is, like, there is a direct path, a more direct path, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we're not playing shoots and ladders here, Chuck. You know, no. there is a more direct path to get the Flyers in a better position. And he's not doing that either. So I don't know what he thinks are shortcuts and what aren't, but it it doesn't add up to me. No, it doesn't. Because again, you're still in a bad cap situation. You don't have a ton of great prospects. You got some good ones, but not you're in the bottom 10. You're, you're in the bottom 10 for sure for prospects, maybe even the bottom five. And you don't have a ton of great draft picks. You've got draft picks, but you've got a lot of mid to late round draft picks. And that's where the odds start going down a lot. So again, for the last two years, this group has failed. They're failing in the standings. They're failing at the other part. So just tell me, like, when is that part going to change? Like, that's... You know, there may not be shortcuts, but that is the path to success, what I just told you, and that they're failing at that. Yeah, they absolutely are. Well, there are other teams that are not failing um, other than Detroit. I would say Nashville had a really good trade deadline. They racked up a whole bunch of draft picks. And um, Arizona, man, there's such a, a, it's a real problem. It's a big problem. They're they're probably about paying $9 million under the cap floor in real money because of all these ghost contracts they have. Not Goss to Spear, but players who, uh-huh. don't know, who no longer play. Um, you know what well, I mean? They so, added so there's that. You know, they added Jake right. Voracek to that pile. and um, Right. Just to save money on payroll. And then, again, they're trading most players that they draft – they keep very few of them, and usually after their first contracts, they're trading them at some point. And again, they're loaded with draft picks, but they're loaded with draft picks every year. So yeah, at some point they have to actually an, ice the team because if you, yeah, they they don't run like an NHL organization. Yeah, if you look at the numbers, they have uh, as of yesterday, they had twenty eight point two million on injured reserve, three point six million in dead caps. So that's thirty one point eight million, which is forty two percent of their $75 million cap there. Like there should be a rule that like 25% is the max yeah. that you can carry. Right. In dead weight like that. Like it's yeah. absolutely bonkers. It is. And it's not a, it, it's not a path to success for the league because it doesn't help other teams. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. I, I think it's just a sort of cheating mechanism and it, it, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't violate the the literal no. rules, but I think it violates the spirit of the rules. But I guess, you know, finding loopholes is what professional sports is all about sometimes. And, yep. and being creative. Yep. Um, but also being competitive is something, too. And they're, they've been competitive in forever. Yeah. You know, as far as other, you know, later moves, uh, as, as of um, yesterday... They hadn't moved Jonathan Quick from 
Columbus and they did him a solid and now he's in Vegas. Um, and Michael Hutchinson, I guess, is the backup quarterback in Columbus for the remainder of the season. Yeah. I, I look, I don't know if Jonathan Quick's winning that job at Vegas. I, I have much I a lot of doubt so. with that. So we'll we'll see how that works out. Um I do like what Minnesota did for a team that has been cap strapped and has a lot of dead cap space because Bill Guerin was bold and, you know, got rid of the Parisian suitor contracts, you know, by trading them and eating money not trading them by cutting them and eating money. Um, you know, look what, look what they've done. They've added draft picks players. Yeah. Like, they got Klingberg again, which was one of the bigger, they got Klingberg, that, you know, trade deadline assets out there. And they got a second round pick in, in this draft, I believe for Jordan Greenway. Yeah. yeah. From Buffalo. So, I mean, again, this is a team that had very little maneuverability and they were able to do more than the flyers. And that's where, if you're a flyers fan, you look at it and you say, okay, you know, the Flyers are playing checkers. Other teams are playing chess. I mean, that's really what's happening. Yeah, I think that's the huge problem that um, the Flyers did absolutely nothing. And it's not just trade deadline. It's this entire season. They did nothing right. to get themselves in a better position cap-wise, draft pick-wise. Um, th- there's just a lot of failures right now. And um, yeah. It's it, every single you know deadline or milestone that goes by that the Flyers don't do things to put themselves in a better position is another one you know another little mark that says I don't think Chuck Fletcher can do this like at the draft and you know free agency like what is that going to look like Yeah, I mean they're just kicking the can down the road, yeah. you know. And again, you know, in a year D'Angelo's gone. So, you know, you'll hopefully have some young defensemen there. But for next year, not a lot of money's falling off the cap, not enough to make a big difference. And you still wonder about Couturier and Atkinson, and the same yeah. worries are, are still there. And so there's not a great path to success for next year. So it's an easier path to the bottom, quite honestly. I mean, that's, you know, Torts will keep that from happening, but because he is a good coach. But again, I don't know if he's going to um, make enough changes in the way he does things to kind of go with the strengths of what he's going to be dealt with. Because again, they're not going to have a tremendous offensive team next year. They're not. Um, All right. Well, one of the other teams uh, that did do a great job at the trade deadline is our opponent on Sunday, the Detroit Red Wings. And we're going to talk about them and the matchup a little bit coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you don't have players on the field or the ice with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed or elite playmaking ability, you're going to have to have a tough time trying to win. And the same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. And one of the things that I love about Indeed is it makes hiring all in one place so easy. They partner with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, 
Over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through March 31st. So go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Russ. So the Red Wings, man, they absolutely killed it at the deadline. So they picked up a 2023 first, which is a huge asset, a 2024 mm-hmm. first, a 2023 second, fourth rounders in 2023, 2025, and then a 2025 round, uh, seventh rounder. Steve Eiserman, uh, he is so good at this. He is, I mean, obviously we know that from his time in Tampa as well. Mm -hmm. But he gets a good return like 95% of the time. And he knows how to build assets at the same time as he is developing players and putting the pieces together. And you can see the steady improvement with the team on the ice as well. Yeah, they're as good as the Flyers now, like they are. So and maybe better. Yeah. And and yet they still have all this draft capital and everything else. I mean, it just shows you the difference in franchises and, but also it shows you a difference in the leader. Like it, when you have the right leader like this and you know what you're going to do again, he made a very gutsy decision by, um, you know, making trades and deciding at the last minute, Hey, we're not going to make the playoffs. He trades Tyler Bertuzzi and the team was all around when it happened. So it was a very emotional moment. And Dylan Larkin had just gotten his extension the day before. And he's good friends with Bertuzzi. And it was really like a hard moment for the team. But management had decided, listen, we're not making it. We need to actually maximize on this deadline for this draft. It's that good. And they did. And I I give them full credit. Yeah. And especially because, you know, the East is so stacked, right? This year, even if they could make a playoff run, he was realistic about their chances, even, you know, even if they, you know, eke their way into the playoffs, they knew they weren't going anywhere, no matter who they faced. Right. So, right. And, you know, they had lost a couple of games recently too, that put them a little further out. And so Steve Eiserman said, you know what, let's go for it on trade deadline day and do the best we can for the future. Cause that's where we are right now. And, you know, he, he worked his magic and, it's just so frustrating to see other GMs that get it and know how to manage this and be able to, you know, have the right process and the right flow of players in, players out, getting good draft picks, you know, building those assets. And like, I just haven't like felt that the Flyers have had a GM that were great at that for quite a long, in the cap era, let's be fair. Yeah. No, I mean, it's been a while. So on the plus side, you know, they lost to Ronick, They they lost Bertuzzi. So, yeah, they're a little weakened mm-hmm. for when the Flyers are going to play them now. And um, they got to watch out for Moritz Sider, though, because he is a beast. Yeah. And he will hit anything that moves. So even Delorier, he's not going to shy away from Delorier. And if Delorier goes after him, 
he could have his hands full. Delorier might still be able to beat him, but it won't be for long. This guy's super strong too. So again, another great drafted defenseman. That's you know, yeah, that's what you need in this league. Yeah, like we've talked about that, and and that's the thing. It's um, you know, and re-signing Larkin, like you said, was was really good. Yep. Lucas Raymond is is really good. Um, yep. they they just have so many different options and that's that's the other thing too is that with their prospect pool and with the players that they have now and kind of a wide open off season there they have so many options in order to build a better team and guys haven't fully developed sometimes you know zadina hasn't fully developed you know not everybody's been a, an a1 success but they've had a lot of mini successes um you know elmer Soderblom is a guy that is six foot seven who's a finesse player i don't know if he'll be playing in this game but He's a guy for, to look at at the future. Michael Rasmussen, who went very high in the draft, was thought of, of being like a you know first or second line scorer. He wasn't that. He reinvented himself, and now he's like a bottom six goal scorer who's tough because he's big. Right. And so they've been able to develop. That's what they've been able to do, or something that the Flyers are failing at, and and that's you know has to get better. Yeah, and adjusting players to different roles you know, for the most part has not worked out so well for the Flyers. I would say Noah, Noah right. Cates has, has done well, but we've been singing his. But he was going to do well yeah, anyhow. Yeah, we've been singing his praises all season long. Um, but, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to to find another Flyer whose role has changed significantly that has been successful. Hey, it was a career high for Zach McEwen for points. There you go. <laughs> all I right. Well, now he's in L.A., so. Congratulations. All right. uh, Wrapping things up. Want some good news to end the show with and the week. Uh, Elliot Denoye was named the PHPA. That's the AHL Players Association uh, Player of the Month for February. So good for him. Yeah, that's great. I have some friends there. They do a great job, the PHPA. They don't get enough credit. People just sort of take it for granted. I think a lot of people think the NHL runs it. They don't. Uh, They have their own players association. So good for them and nice for Elliot. Yeah. So we've got that uh, Red Wings game that we'll talk about on Monday. Then the Flyers go on a road trip to the Lightning, the Canes, and Pens. Uh, So we'll be talking about that as well. More on trade deadline uh, debriefing and we'll have our nemesis of the week. Gee, I can't imagine what that will be. I don't know. There's a lot of choices with me. There's a fire burning in me. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, That'll do it for the show. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send in your questions or trade deadline thoughts uh, via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on your Locked On NHL feed, available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.